podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It really helps other people discover us, and we always welcome feedback and communication on our social media. We're FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook and Feminist Without Mystique on Instagram. And you can find us and throw us support uh, in the form of a few dollars, if you would like, on Kofi, uh, K-O-F-I. Greetings. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) How are we? Oh, you know, living the dream, living the dream. <laughs> thriving, thriving. Thriving. Um, yeah, we're going to do like a bit of like a pop culture moment. Um, I do feel like I should like flag that Pakistan's like a third underwater. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like I saw like a headline about um, flooding and like monsoons in Pakistan. I was like, oh, shoot, I'll have to check that out. And then I looked at it more and was like holy shit like over i haven't looked uh, at the updates today but last i checked it was like over 1100 people had died um like like i said like a third of the whole fucking place was underwater um and the reason for the um, increase in monsoons because they've been getting more and more um prevalent like there was a monsoon earlier that killed 2000 people apparently there and South Asia in general, I guess is getting hit and will be getting hit harder and sooner by um, climate crisis and crisis impacts. Mm-hmm. So really scary. Um, and there are videos of just the, how in, like, incredibly scary the water is and it's rushing by like overtaking buildings and homes Um so many people are like a million homes have been damaged tons of people are displaced um it's uh really really scary yeah this is yeah this is really scary i'm glad you brought this up looking at the pictures just briefly it's really intense and the fact that a third of the country more than a third is completely submerged feels like something mm-hmm. that more people like it's scary yeah it's it's devastatingly scary and like i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that if it was a predominantly white country that maybe it would be more like in the news like it's been in the news you know we both saw it but i i feel like it hasn't gotten as much coverage as if like i don't know germany was a third underwater or something I t- yeah, that's totally right. Another piece of news just to kind of flag before, before we, we have fun. Before we have fun <laughs> um, is that Jackson, Mississippi doesn't have drinking water, running water. Like the whole city doesn't have running water. Um, huh. Thousands of residents waiting for hours in line for bottled water and there wasn't enough bottled water there have been long-standing water systems problems um and now there's um the governor tate reeves declared a state of emergency this is like a society in decline i think that this is what happens and i mean i think that there are so many ways for right and left to come together on things like 
I think, and I'll get into it. I'm making one of my WCUs basically my own personal issue <laughs> happening next door. Um, but uh, like, I think that in liberal cities, there are issues currently that we have talked about and will continue to talk about with lack of proper uh, resources um, and resourcing when things sometimes can go too far in one direction. This is like the no water, um, no running water in Jackson, Mississippi. And I, I, I think they're slightly different issues, but similar in that the residents don't have drinking water um, in Flint, Michigan. These are, those types of issues happen when you don't have um, like substantial infrastructure that's um, state funded and there aren't Basically, there isn't like a central government that is protecting like the economic, uh, public health and environmental interests of its citizens. Um, so this is just like a really scary thing. And I and I, it's kind of like I don't know where this is going to happen next, but it's 2022. And I I think it's shouldn't be controversial to say it's totally unacceptable that there's an entire city has been left without running water. Yeah. Um, like as we often kind of reference on this show, <laughs> what's going to happen in the future? <laughs> Where's all of this going? What season are we on? <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. And did I say this last week? I feel like I might have repeated. This might be repetition. <laughs> um, How dare you? I know. Um, but have you been watching House of the Dragon? No, I haven't. We, mm-hmm. we you flagged the birth scene last week. That is what you did. Uh, okay, talk about, but I flagged, I've not seen it yet. Okay, flagged the birth scene. This this part. So it's so interesting if you're if you follow Game of Thrones. If you don't, you can skip ahead one minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's so interesting because the initial seri- like series of Game of Thrones feels like it takes place in the equivalent of kind of the Dark Ages. Um, like middle dark ages of Europe. And I never really put that together until this House of the Dragon series, which is feels like it takes place in the Renaissance. It's like it is big and wealthy and ostentatious and everything's working. <laughs> and like Game of Thrones felt like everyone was like throwing shit at each other in the mud. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and anyway, so I, I kind of – I'm wondering, like, yeah, it just kind of feels like maybe we're in, like, our shit-throwing, like, wrestling in the mud um, without resources dark age moment here. Um, and it feels like that more and more with with some of these things where I kind of am looking around going, like, there's so much wealth in this country. There are so many resources, so much um, access to information and access – there could be so many – there's no excuse for this there's just no no excuse at all except for like greed of a few yeah some people are just like kind of like shitty (laughs) and it kind of spoils the fun for all of us spoils the fun it spoils the fun for the whole group yeah yeah (laughs) Um, yeah no i hadn't watched it yet because it was like i didn't like what happened to our dragon queen fair you know i don't know but my dad's been watching it and he's excited he also watched the top gun um, oh yeah, and then he ordered himself <laughs> aviators for his birthday. He's like, I always had aviators, and Aww. you know, I can't find them. So <laughs> I'm so glad he did that. Yeah, he deserves some aviators. Self care. Buy yourself some sunnies. <laughs> but maybe I will watch. Uh, maybe I will watch it because 
Yeah. And it's a show. Charlie wouldn't watch Game of Thrones like at all. That I obviously kind of watched it all. Me. He doesn't. He doesn't like the accent that they do in those types of shows, and he doesn't understand why they talk like that. Mm. I'm like, since when are you like <laughs> that guy? You know, <laughs> it's just not accurate. Oh, and how about the dragons? Like, what are you? Yeah, what are you talking about? What is? why but he just doesn't like it yeah accurate to what it's a whole I, fantasy world exactly <laughs> he's, like, no they always, he's like in these shows they always do that accent why do they do that I'm like i don't know because it's cozy <laughs> it is cozy and i don't care i, I know i'll take like a north english accent any day yeah i don't i don't know the, the man's problem but anyway yeah maybe i'll <laughs> add it to my list of personal shows yeah Actually, it's funny because the accents are the same, basically, but it did, like, it's kind of like you do have to kind of get into it, you know, and they're like, good morrow. And, like, (laughs) this one is definitely, like, we have accents right off the bat. If it's going to bother you, turn it off. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Basically. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay. So one pop culture reference to the next, um, we kind of both, I think, really wanted there to be more information, um, more response from Olivia Wilde. More drama. We wanted more tea. More information. (laughs) More information as if it's a scholarly thing. (laughs) (laughs) We need more data. Olivia Wilde, you guys. Um, There's a whole lot going on. There's so much. (laughs) It actually, it's a lot, and I am glad to have an opportunity to kind of dig into it and into her a little bit um, because I've never been like, I've never actively disliked her, but I've never really been a fan. I've kind of watched her since House, as probably as have you, um, and been the like, OC, okay. actually. Oh. Maria. <laughs> that is like OG. Oh, the OC. <laughs> um, yeah. So just kind of watching her career move forward. And she's kind of like, I kind of do put her in the Olivia Munn category, except I, I've disliked, I've actively disliked Olivia Munn for quite a while, um, which is, as we've said, it's a whole thing. Maybe it's internalized misogyny, whatever. But Olivia Wilde, whatever, Wild, like, whatever. <laughs> could be. She's always been kind of inaccessible to me, so I've never really felt like I – not like I need to identify with her, but I just don't. I just don't. Um, she's kind of – she's usually aloof character and aloof, or portrays an aloof character, has like this whole kind of vibe of unreachable, at least for me, or inaccessible. Um, but when she moved from actress to director on Booksmart, which was her first – directed film and it was like it was called like a pop feminist like high school drama which I really enjoyed I really remember really liking Booksmart Mm -hmm. I thought it was funny and clever and like just a nice refreshing kind of different film but I I resisted seeing it for a while because precisely because in a lot of press she was implying that if you didn't see it in theaters and if you didn't like it you were like anti-feminist and I just kind of was like why would you, why do you feel like you have to just let the movie speak for itself? Like the press, you can talk about feminism in the context of your film and your characters and the decisions you made as a director and hurdles that you might have 
faced as a director, but it just rubbed me the wrong way because I did get a strong feeling in 2019, I think that's when that came out, that she was just kind of like using feminine, like feminism and kind of this wave of like, I'm a girl boss. I have a no assholes policy. Cause I think she, that's kind of when she came up with that, like as if it was the cleverest thing. I'm a fan of a no assholes policy, but it seemed like it was all this like patina of, I care about, I care about women and my safe set, my sets are going to be safe, um, safe spaces for women. And that is my priority. And this kind of exposes what I just viscerally felt was in was feminism in bad faith yeah um olivia wilde i have i've had a complicated journey with her (laughs) myself a little different she i mean she's obviously like pretty objectively beautiful um in a specific way you know she's got like that i guess so (laughs) no fuck her um and she kind there's something about her like i think it's like her like like beautiful fucking doe eyes that I always like coveted and kind of remind me of this girl who was like a bit of a bully to me growing up mm. so like for a while it's like I didn't dislike her but I just sort of was like you make me feel insecure and bad when I look at you um but I liked her I liked some of the characters she played and like it's some like I didn't see that um or hear that interview that you're referring to and that's gross that she would say that oh, the f- yeah yeah I have liked like some of the things she said have been really like at service level at least like very thoughtful like well reasoned like well articulated things mm-hmm. um, about like feminism and about some of the things she's she's done and seen, but it's also just like and this isn't a criticism but sometimes it's very like oh wow that's like very well put and I yeah I don't know. Um, and yeah, that's not a criticism in and of itself. Obviously, it's like a can be a positive thing, but in the context of what we're going to discuss, it makes me wonder: like, do you believe this stuff, or do you are you just like good at words? And also, I'm she comes from like a very very rich family, um, which is just, just throwing that out there. I don't know. Um, and she did not – one rumor that is not true is that she paid Harry Styles more than Florence Pugh for the movie. Um, right. That's right. Not, that's not true. She did post this well, – well, I feel like we've got, like, a brief mention of J- uh, Jason Sudeikis. I feel like we've got Florence Pugh, yep. Harry Styles, and Shia LaBeouf. Yep. Yep. <laughs> worlds. <laughs> yeah. They're all, they're all, like, separate worlds, and then they mm-hmm. all intersect at Olivia Wilde. And they all have their own thing going on. <laughs> yes, they do. Should we start? I feel like the shortest is Jason. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe like just a quick like I'm going to see if I can do a one sentence summary basically of like this what we're talking because I realize we've just been talking and yeah. we haven't said yeah, what we're Don't worry, darling. The movie when it's about. Yeah, yeah. And the, who the cast is. Yeah. Why do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> You know, basically, Olivia Wilde directed her second feature film um, is Don't Worry, Darling. Um, It's a 1950s thriller. It's about to have its world premiere in Venice. Um, And it seems like a thriller horror film that is saying things about feminism and women and women's empowerment. And it kind of seems a little bit like um, 
oh my gosh, what's that movie? Stepford Wives, like a little, it has like a Stepford mm-hmm. Wives feel to it. And it's starring Florence Pugh and uh, Harry Styles, who she is now dating and began dating on that film. There was gossip that was sort of bubbling about intentions. There's been a lot of gossip with like Harry Styles and that has to do with her relationship with Harry Styles and her how, like how things ended with Jason Sudeikis. It's, you know, one thing that does make me uncomfortable is that both those men seem to be beloved and like she seems to be like the villain for no real reason, which yeah. I take issue with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, tensions, apparently there was gossip about about tensions between her and Florence Pugh, who hasn't done any publicity for the movie. And all of that basically got exploded wide open mm-hmm. after um, Olivia Wilde did a Vanity Fair, I think, article um, or a variety variety interview where she talked about how you know she reiterated her no assholes policy and that she fired Shia LaBeouf from the film because she wanted her film to be a safe space for the actors. And then Shia LaBeouf said, you did not do that. I quit um, because I didn't think there was enough rehearsal time. And then he backed it up with a video. And the video was Olivia basically begging him to be part of the film. And she casually throws Florence Pugh under the bus in a really dismissive and shitty mm-hmm. way. So Miss she comes Flo. out. Miss Flo. She comes out looking like a bag of shit. Um, but anyway, so that's – and I was we were both really hoping that she was going to address this. And she hasn't in like the I last know. few days. <laughs> address the fucking video. Uh, <laughs> I've seen so many like comparisons of her to Amber Heard, which like annoyed the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. And because <sighs> When Shia released that video, I was like, damn it, Olivia, are you ready? Yeah. It's like, you're making uh, Shia LaBeouf look good, which is like, wowzers in do. this moment. He's on a whole, like, apology tour right now where he's, like, not denying shit anymore. And, <laughs> like, the movie Honey Boy, he basically said that he, like, made up a lot of his, um, or dramatized a lot of his father's, like, actions that his father wasn't physically abusive with him and stuff like that his father is a registered sex offender so like yeah i mean i don't know that doesn't seem like great um no and he did say that he hurt fka twigs after initially like denying basically everything that she said um Mm. so whereas historically shia is like "Mm, i you are (laughs) (laughs) just a proven liar um he is kind of on this little honesty spree right now. Um, yeah. And with the video that she posted, hmm. unless like there's like a, a timeline situation where like multiple things happened, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Where like he was going to quit and then he came back and then she fired, you know, like, I don't know. Right. There is a world in which, you know, there's more to the story than what we've heard but um yeah it doesn't look great and Florence Pugh is definitely uh and normally I I hate like the pitting women against each other narrative Mm -hmm. um but the people noticed that Florence was not um really participating in any sort of like (laughs) press for the film she and initially, like when she signed on to do the project, she was super excited about it. She called Olivia Wilde her her idol, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, and like you know, she was so stoked on it. And then at some point, she just stopped posting about it. She would ignore like Olivia Wilde's posts, like specifically calling out Florence, and like mm-hmm. she, like Olivia Wilde would 
post something about Florence Pugh and Instagram and then Florence would like repost everyone else's stories about her but not hers and normally like historically um, Florence Pugh has responded to things that are false in the press with mm-hmm. her own posts and her own feelings and she hasn't had shit to say about this <laughs> yeah. um, and so there's definitely something going on some people said it, they thought it was because they suspected Olivia Wilde was cheating on Jason Sudeikis on the set um, with Harry Styles, which there are also some reports that they actually broke up like way earlier than he said that we don't know. Yeah, we we, don't, we know. don't know. We don't know. And I'm not <laughs> going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. I, I also think Jason is very charming, mm-hmm. which makes me not trust him. <laughs> like yeah. part of me loves him. Part of me is like, mm, yeah, I don't know. I, mm, are you Ted Lasso or are you actually kind of a dick? Right. I don't know. I I remember thinking when he was on SNL, like, he must be a dick, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I liked him. I thought he was so funny. But he's one of those um, characters who I just thought, like, you must be a jerk in real life. But then the way that Ted Lasso's written, you know, it feels like, okay, you can't be as much of a jerk. I kind of had a, had a like, you know, Jason Stakis reappreciation like a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. This is such speculation. It's, like, out outrageous. I'm even saying it. But – the the plot of the first season of Ted Lasso with T- uh, um, Ted Lasso and his wife, mm-hmm. basically their marriage is falling apart in kind of a sad way where like they both love each other probably as friends and he still deeply loves his wife, but she just sort of felt like she didn't love him in the same way anymore. It was so mm-hmm. devastating and it felt yeah. so specifically like tugging at the heart that it like it it would be believable to me that he wrote that with a, a maybe a bit of inspiration with what was going on in his own marriage. Um, and that would have happened far before Don't Worry Darling on the timeline. Um, maybe yeah. not far before, but like enough before. Yeah, that's that was a vibe I picked up on too. Also, yeah, wildly <laughs> speculating. That <I> <laughs> same. Um, and she was served custody papers from him when she was promoting don't worry darling like on stage which was very um like awful and embarrassing for her regardless yeah. of how you feel about her like that's pretty terrible the thing like generally people who serve custody papers do a little, little digging there t- they don't like necessarily tell the person who filed them where they're gonna do it Mm-hmm. But the person who filed them generally has to let them know where this person's going to be and where not to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, jury's, jury's out. It's kind of like a Rorschach test, like what you see in that. Because yeah. he could have had no idea or he could have been kind of like a conniving little shit about it. Like, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Um, and then she said, like, there's a reason why we're not together anymore. A reason why our marriage ended or whatever kind of referencing that um so yeah yeah and harry styles and her yeah got together after um and it sounded like from (laughs) the gossip i read online (laughs) that he was actually like pursuing her and like always hitting up her trailer and stuff um yeah but anyway there's one line of theories that florence Pugh was um upset that because her ex at the t- or her t- boyfriend at the time zach braff which is like another <laughs> thing i know um <laughs> he's good friends with jason and so some people are like oh she's being loyal to like blah, blah, blah. it also could have been 
we don't know. We don't know. Um, there's right. lots of theories, but something happened between those those two. Yeah, like it was, you know, either I saw the the rumor that she was uncomfortable knowing that they were sort of getting closer or potentially cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the rumor that she felt like Olivia Wilde wasn't really directing her. She was so like enamored with Harry Styles that she was mm-hmm. directing him or she and she was kind of ignoring like her Florence and the process and yeah. kind of like the scenes, which made it a less exciting movie and maybe a a worse movie because of it. I also heard Florence was because the the Shia LaBeouf casting was before FK twigs went public with Mm -hmm. her abuse allegations. So Florence was really excited initially to work with Shia LaBeouf because he's a good actor. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's an abuser um, sounds like, and he's awful and toxic and has exhibited racist tendencies. So you would maybe just say he's a racist person. Mm -hmm. Um, Bad. He's, he's not great. Um, Which brings me no joy because I really like, Holes. <laughs> Even Stevens oh, has my heart. And I just really, I do, I, everything that he's been in um, since then, like even the, the movie Fury with John Bernthal, which he just did a podcast with John Bernthal where he was more apologetic and like you said, more conciliatory and in his apology tour. But like um, pieces of, oh my gosh, pieces of a woman, I think the one where that had that horrible pre- pregnancy scene um, with Vanessa Kirby, that was like a couple of years. Anyway, he's a great actor. So like uh, people speculated that Florence was disappointed with the recast of Harry Styles, who doesn't have a whole lot of acting chops that we know of. I mean, he was in Dunkirk and he wasn't bad, but he also had almost no speaking lines. Um, so anyway, we'll like, I mean, it's going to generate probably a whole lot of buzz. And I think people are just going to go see this movie just to be able to eat up the drama of yeah. it all. <laughs> and I wanted to see the movie before all this came out and I still like I'm gonna watch it either way. Right. Um right. <laughs> I don't because I don't love I don't love spooky movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it seems like a, it seems like a very or a hopefully, you know, interesting um thought provoking film. Yeah. Um, and I do want to flag that Florence um she's I have I have literally nothing against her except well except for what I'm about to say. But <laughs> she back when johnny depp won that she liked she was on the likers of his post oh yeah a lot of people liked that post yeah she was one of them um so i don't know like that like it's i i don't i think it's probably a complicated story about complicated human beings and people were so quick to be like olivia is the the um evil vixen you know yeah um but i think and i also feel bad that so one people are like harry styles what accent is he doing that's just how he talks just flagging (laughs) that that is his voice and he didn't change his voice or put on an accent for this movie he's just that's how he talks that's his voice and that's his accent it's yeah you know from where he's from but uh and there's this one clip this like 18 second clip that is circulating like part from part of the trailer where people are just talking about what an awful actor Harry Styles is. I feel like the clip's not enough yep. to go off of. And I feel like people are just kind of being mean and having yeah. fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is good. And I saw some, some critic talking about how like, you know, he's 
you watch this and you're like, he's a movie star kind of thing, which I could also see, you know, I yeah. just, I don't, I like Harry Styles. I don't know. I don't yeah. think, I also don't think he's queer baiting. I think that it's kind of offensive to imply that like if a man dresses femininely, then he's like queer baiting. Yeah. I think that mm. that's gotten really like I that like, that has not as, been nice. Yeah, as he sings about like hooking up with women, it's like what the <laughs> right like mm. he should be able to like have the fluidity of his of what he wants to wear. I mean, yeah. saying that it's queer baiting feels like you're almost reverse mandating that people behave like it, you're almost reinforcing gender stereotypes. Yeah, I'm so irritated by that. Yeah, but. if you're straight hair, you wear a pair of pants. You know, yeah. it's just like leave. <laughs> What the fuck? Let like, him do what he wants to do. He wears nail yeah. polish. It's cu- it's like it's cute. Yeah, it's he's cute. outspoken, like ally. Like, can we just can we not hate on Harry Styles? Um, and then yeah, with that being said, like so many anyone that he dates gets like fucking attacked by like this faction of his fans, including Olivia Wilde, like super unfairly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, death threats, weird shit, and like not his whole fan base. I'm sure he has like. I, am I a fan? I don't know. I just said a lot of nice things about him, but <laughs> I'm sure most of his fans aren't attacking um, his girlfriends on the internet, but like there are enough of them that are that mm-hmm. um, that's gross, but that's also not, he spoke yeah. out against that. That's not his fault. So like, leave. I just hated seeing like all the like Harry Styles hate. Come- I'm like, he hasn't done anything here, man. Like, no. I did think it was cringe when Olivia Wilde posted an Instagram post talking about like how wonderful he was for taking a role where a woman was the lead. But it's like the lead is an Oscar. Like, yeah, he's also like, like you said, he's been in Dunkirk, and I think there's some there's some other movie that I didn't see that he was in, like a bit, I think. But um, it's like a huge opportunity, you know, (laughs) like girl like i get that you're thirsty for him and like i love that journey for you but like this is not yeah like, he's not a hero for agreeing to be in this film also chris no. pine lol he is <laughs> he's probably like leave me the fuck out of this i'm the most preferable chris so he absolutely is he's not involved in any of the drama i read he has a flip phone oh um, my gosh oh he's he's totally so. my celeb crush yeah, he's great. He's and great. has been since Princess Diaries 2. Yeah, so. he he served it in that <laughs> flick. Um, but I love how it's just like this embroiled scandal and he's like the other supporting um, supporting lead. <laughs> he's like... No, not touched by the drama. No. Oh, my gosh. And I really, honestly, that, yeah, that celebration of Harry for being in the film, come up. Cringe because, so cringe. like, you should have been... I mean, and I think she was at the beginning, like touting how lucky she was. But Florence Pugh was just coming off of Little Women at Midsommar. Mm-hmm. Like she was, she's an Oscar-nominated, like very celebrated actress who's now in. She's filming Dune too, and she's in Oppenheimer, the Christopher Nolan film. She's mm-hmm. busy. She's booked and busy, and she's gonna be one of the or already is like one of the top A-list stars of like of the moment. Mm-hmm. So like you, I mean whoever agrees to work with her is like lucky you know privileged so yeah and it's i get her point and like it, i'm sure there are like there are a-list celebrity men who wouldn't want to be the supporting role in a movie where a woman was the lead like i'm sure that obviously like there's still sexism in the, in the movie industry duh but right. like acting like in this scenario he is a fucking hero for being the supporting role is just like a little little absurd 
Yeah. I also think he looks really cute in it. Yeah. (laughs) His little outfits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, he does. I mean, I think it's going to be. I I think it's probably going to be a good good one. I'm, I'm interested. Why do you think this has gotten so, like, why do you think this tea is so piping hot? And why are you and I enthralled with it? Why is, like, the internet so invested and interested in it? Like, why? Why has this? Why? Why do we? Why can't we look away from this? I don't know. I think part of it is like probably the most uncom- like one of the more uncomfortable parts of I think celeb culture and what draws at least draws me to these types of things, which I will say it does make me pretty uncomfortable, but I think it's like if there's someone who I already didn't really like or was like negatively inclined towards mm-hmm. I mean I I haven't cared this much or been this like interested in refreshing Twitter like looking at the trending topic for a celebrity issue since the John Mulaney Olivia Munn thing <sighs> still which is still so like I'm I have so many feelings <laughs> I know I think that a lot of people we we do love to drag someone down um especially and like I think there's a like a humiliation that I, at least watching that video of Olivia Wilde, I was like, she should be so embarrassed. Like, who wouldn't? I mean, this is embarrassing because it was sort of like the boldness of the lie. You know, I think the details of. Yeah, it's almost unbelievable to me. I'm like, would she really? Like, that's why I was like, I don't. Is there more? Because how could she so boldly lie when she sent a like there's receipts out there, girl. Right. Don't you? I mean, did you not remember that you sent. A video where you just so casually like Shia, Shia, like you were just so in your own world that you forgot. I mean, I think that's possible, but it is like in that case, then you should be hoisted by your own petard. <laughs> like you deserve that. You lied. You knew you lied like, or you lied to yourself about what the narrative is because you've – and that part I think – there's something happening with like the whole the 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 teardown, probably rightfully so, of like girl boss feminism. Like I don't know if you do you know the the sh- shared workspace, the wing. Um, mm, I don't think so. Okay, it's like it's basically like we work, but it was like for women. Um, it was kind of like pastel colored, you know, cutesy places that cost so much money to be a part of. <laughs> um, and they had like I think at their peak there was like 22 locations throughout the country. Um, but they just closed. Yesterday, they sent emails to all their members and it was like effective immediately. You're like, all of them are closed. And it had been riddled with issues for a while. There was racism in the building, like racism within the company and all these other allegations. So it was a troubled company. But it feels like there's been a lot of like rightful call outs of like girl boss feminism. And I think Olivia Wilde is a, has been a part of that kind of girl boss feminism, like no assholes policy and like come see my movie because I'm frontlining women and like how brave of Harry Styles to like support be a supporting cast member for women, a woman run and directed Mm -hmm. film. And it's kind of like a little bit too much crowing and not enough doing. (laughs) Right. Like a little miss flow like that. Yeah. The voicemail. Mm. That was so dismissive. If I were her, if I were Florence Pugh, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, because there's no pro- – like, there's it's not an issue of, like, a flawed feminism or, you know, because we're all human beings and no one's, like, a perfect feminist. But it's the acting like she is mm-hmm. whilst seemingly – unless, like, that's a deep fake, um, which I, it's – Which it I, actually, I, like, could be. How depressing Yeah, I guess it – fuck. Yuck. Even, okay, if no. it's a deep fake. <laughs> Sorry, Olivia. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just – it's 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 gross to use 
a cause for your own personal gain in that way, especially when you have so much privilege in so many ways, mm-hmm. you know? I want to hear from her. I want to know. I want to know. Girl, defend yourself. What happened? You go on Oprah. (laughs) Florence go on Oprah. Shia go on Oprah. Harry, everyone go on Oprah. Also, Britney Spears, um, unless she put it back up, like she's not on Instagram anymore. Oh, (sighs) oh no, girl. (laughs) I know, which I'm upset, but she just had that song come out with. Which I still haven't really listened to. Oh, it's fun. Is it fun? Oh, good. Yeah, it's fun. It's like a. It's like a can of refreshing soda on a summer's day, you know? It's fun. It's like a remix to, you know, it's not like a whole new jam, but it's okay. new beats. It's, I really, you know, Charlie and I listened to it. And we were both like, okay. We're both fun. into it? Yeah, we're both into it. Why do you think that the tea is so piping hot on this one? I asked you, Maria. <laughs> I didn't have an answer prepared. Um, I don't, I mean, it's like, one why do humans gossip in general and there's like different schools of thought on it and in some contexts people think it can be like a positive thing with positive social effects especially when it comes from a genuine place of like concern or trying to learn which like isn't what's happening here <laughs> right <laughs> for money though no um, clearly me too <laughs> yeah although that being said it's like i'm not not rooting against anyone and i don't like cringe shit like i i watch real housewives of beverly hills so like you'd think oh i love (laughs) the cringe but i like certain shit i almost can't watch or listen to because it's just like i get such secondhand like oh you know embarrassment and then there's there's a school of thought that the root of gossip is usually jealousy Mm -hmm. um which, like, I guess I'm jealous of all of these people in different ways. Right. Um, and then there's the idea that gossip's about, like, social connection and learning about the world through other people's experiences. Um, like, there's different schools of thought to, like, what, why people gossip and whether it's always shitty or whether sometimes it's good or whatever. Mm-hmm. But with these people, it's just, like... Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Why do I like watching Real Housewives? It's just like, I, it's compelling. Why do we like TV shows? Like, this yeah. is like a story where we feel like we know the characters already. You know, it's like, these are all pretty famous fucking people. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, and like, Jason is very beloved. And we saw them get divorced. And we're kind of like, uh, or not divorced. They were never married. They were engaged. Mm-hmm. But, you know, saw them break up. And then she would got with Harry Styles and that was very interesting to people. And Florence Pugh has had a lot of like buzz. Like they've all, and Harry, you know, they've mm-hmm. all had so much buzz as like individuals mm-hmm. and then with their various like intermixings and all in very different ways. And then you put them all together in this story and it's just like, <laughs> Oh, I know this whole cast of characters. This is set up for me like a show because I, I'm invested in all four of these people in some way or another. And yeah, here they are yeah playing out a little like maybe this is <laughs> publicity yeah maybe this is like they're a play of sorts shy like shia would you know Sh- shia like maybe would. this is commentary you know uh. what i mean <laughs> hey maybe it's gonna help maybe they'll promote- be like gotcha you know to all of us seriously uh, i mean uh, yeah so i don't know why but i'm 
I'm sipping up the fucking tea. I will. Oh, me too. I will say that. It doesn't even, you know, because it's like you can pretend when you're talking, like if it's people in your life, it's like, oh, well, this impacts me. Right. This, this shit don't. <laughs> it really like, doesn't. <laughs> I don't know, Shia. Harry no. and I haven't chatted. Olivia <laughs> Flo and I, we don't have a book club. Like, <laughs> no, you're right. It's, uh... it's nothing to do with me. Like, my. <laughs> it has nothing to do with us and yet we're doing a podcast on it because it's fun and because honestly what else are we gonna do pakistan and jackson mississippi uh next week (laughs) next week let us just have a little gotta take breaks yeah pop culture and and you know pop it's it's society it's life it's Mm. you know relevant yeah Something speaking to the cultural zeitgeist in one way or another. Exactly. We're mm-hmm. deep. That's why we did this. <laughs> it's a meta criticism. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably don't get it, but it's just really, really deep. It's very, mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. insightful. And we're just like multiple layers, you know, deep on this. And mm-hmm. yeah. Well, good. Is there any angle of this we haven't beaten to death? <laughs> No, man. I, yeah, I want to know more. I want to, and why again, I don't know, but I do wish Olivia would respond to the video posting. Is she like, she's going to have to in some way, shape or form, even if she's asked a question and she just says, I don't want to talk about it. Like she's contractually obligated to do press for this film. It's going to happen. She'll want to, I would imagine because, you know, say what you want, but it seems, it seems like she's very invested in this film and in her, like, in being a director and and whatnot. Um, There's drama. Maybe she's not, maybe it's all about Harry's D we don't know, but it seems to me like regardless of whether she kind of puts on certain, certain acts, it does seem to me like she is invested in her career, you know? Right, right. And in that sense, it's um, probably too bad that, you know, it's her second film. It's a period piece. It was more ambitious. um, And like the press surrounding it is all about her personal life, which, Mm -hmm. of course, generally does feel like there's a sexist tint to that, especially Mm -hmm. because it's like two women fighting is what we're focusing on. And the vilified person is the woman who directed it and is dating someone who everyone loves so there are a lot of like commonalities here that make me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. that I that I too I'm kind of like eh Olivia you're shady (laughs) yeah no definitely there's been plenty of like men with like more than drama going on in their lives that are prominently involved in films or other public projects that are not um held to the flames because uh, even like even if she's like the worst case scenario she didn't <laughs> she didn't kill anybody she didn't like no. sexually assault anybody like i just i know do you remember snow white and the huntsman press like from like oh my god 10 or 12 or 30 however many years ago like kirsten stewart and the director got caught by a paparazzi while she was dating robert pattinson mm-hmm. like making out on the side of the road um and they still all had to do press awkward Um, (laughs) oh god about that i just recently like went down a twitter like twitter hole where they were like recapping that whole drama which i was sort of like why did i just take time out of my day to just read every to just like rehash that whole thing it's what we do man yeah it's what we do we're humans and 
But we don't even remember the name of that director and his, like, gross behavior, even though he had a wife and two kids. And, like, he's fine. So, anyway. Sexism. Roar. And now for We See You. All righty. We're beginning our We See You's in South Carolina, Mm. um, where State Representative Neil Collins... So some of you may have seen or heard um, that he had said after he had voted um, for the six-week abortion ban, um, he said that he had learned from a doctor that it put the lives of miscarrying patients at risk, and he felt so bad that he lost sleep for a week over it. Um, but it seems like he's he's well-rested now because he voted for another abortion Great. ban. Great. Great. So, um, yep, yep, yep. And the story that he told in like specifically, which he shared like after the initial vote was, um, a doctor telling him about a 19 year old whose water broke at 15 weeks and who couldn't get proper care because the fetus technically still had a heartbeat. Um, and she was at risk of losing her uterus and dying. And he said you know that weighs on me i voted for that bill that whole week i did not sleep so that was a specific thing he was referring to which wasn't enough for him to change his his mind his heart why did he even post that you know what i mean right like if it was a come to jesus moment you know mea culpa of like i shouldn't have done this now i know yeah then i you know you knew but you should have known better before but at least then it's like okay yeah no, then he doubles down. I just can't. Ugh, so, um, gross. Yep, yep, yep. And he voted. Um, yep. So he voted for that. So we'll see what mm. happens with him and his beautiful little career. Great. We see you to this motherfucker. We see you, motherfucker. Um, keeping in keeping with celebs for this episode, um, Johnny Depp appeared at the uh, MTV Video Music Awards <laughs> on Sunday. Weird. Why? <laughs> um, I found it frustrating. Um, and demoralizing, and it's I suppose unsurprising, but it's like part of a like you know his his comeback plan, and I think it's disgusting that MTV decided like we're going to enable this. Mm-hmm. Um, he had um, it sounded like it was kind of hard to hear. Like I couldn't really hear what he was saying when I tried to you know clicked on the clip. He was basically like his face was superimposed on um, the MTV like Moon Man. Um, and he was like joking about how he needed the work. Like this was like a stunt where he needed the work. Um, and yeah, it seemed to surprise people, but it also seemed like he got a lot of cheers, which depressed the hell out of me. Um, so this is just kind of like a we see you to um, Johnny Depp, who like at a minimum, even though he won the Washington, he, he won the most recent court battle, he lost a battle in the UK that the court determined he for sure um, it was accurate to call him a wife beater. Um, mm-hmm. And there was ample evidence that he was a violent, toxic, abusive person, whether or not um, the libel case, uh, you know, succeeded, which it obviously didn't. Um, so we see you to the MTV Video Music Awards for enabling his comeback in such a stupid, cringy, disappointing way. Yeah, we see you. That was gross. I also some, saw some story about how he gave... I think it was Kate Moss when they were dating. Like when he gave her his, her first like diamonds, he literally pulled it out of his ass. Oh, yeah! Wow. I think it was Kate Moss. I saw that today, and I was just like, "That's 
Oh, I hate that for so many different reasons. Yeah. So unless she thought it was, she loved that, but I don't know. I don't really want like poop on. It kind of feels like, oh, you literally shat on my time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's not like it's kind of a weird half gift. Anyway, I mean, it's a minimum, I would take them, you know, if, <laughs> even, if you had, like, yeah. even if there wasn't literal shit on them, like it's going to smell like butt. Yeah. Butt <laughs> I diamonds. Want diamonds to smell like butt. Yeah. Oh. Again, if anyone wants to get rid of butt diamonds, I'll still take them. But, <laughs> but I would prefer not. Anyway. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Um, so there is a, a special commission that was formed um, to look into connections to the Confederacy at U.S. military bases and other properties, which is great. Um, but they found... And why did a special commission need to find mm. this? Um, but they found... Oh, over at West Point. <laughs> heard of it. Um <laughs> there's a plaque with the words Ku Klux Klan written below a hooded figure holding a rifle. Uh Oh, it's like currently on a building at um, West point. So no. Yeah. It's I'm glad that this commission was formed. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like good. But again, why? Like, this wasn't some, like, random little back alley where people don't really drive by or see. Like, at West Point, Ku Klux Klan. Like, it doesn't really get more, oh, hood, rifle. Why now, 2022, is this the moment that we're realizing, oh. Right. Oh, we're celebrating the KKK at West Point. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Um, right. Again, yeah. All for moving forward, getting rid of it, flagging that it's there. But the fact that it's there, and West Point had was had to have known, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The people who go to like people had, do they walk by it? Yeah. Why is this only? Mm-mm. Anywho. Yeah. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, it's uh, U.S. Army's like pre top-notch, quote-unquote, you know, elite training school. Um, and apparently this was at the entrance to Bartlett Hall, which is the science building. Wow. Oh, great. Okay. Which, great. Wonderful. Um, so we see you and like, hey, everyone out there, before the special commission comes, yeah, maybe if you have <laughs> something promoting the KKK, you just go ahead and take it down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just an idea we see you Ugh, we see you Ugh, okay keeping keeping with celebs because they've just really been on one recently mm-hmm. um so chris rock um kind of broke his silence on the oscar slap but he did it in like the most distasteful way that like made me you know anyone who was feeling bad for him it's sort of like oh no okay well i suppose you you also suck um and Anyway, um, he basically joked about not returning to the Oscars um, by saying that he turned down hosting the 2023 Academy Awards after getting slapped because it would be like – because going and and hosting would be like asking Nicole Brown Simpson to, quote, go back to the restaurant where she left her eyeglasses before she was being killed. I mean, I, I he said to go back to the restaurant, I'm saying to she left her eyeglasses there before she was killed. Um, anyway um, – People kind of thought this was tasteless. Also, 
because you're well because you're comparing a slap to murder okay um also because it doesn't really make any sense because she wasn't victimized at the restaurant she was murdered at her home um so like the joke doesn't really make sense um nicole brown simpson's sister um you know said that uh she also thought it was uh it you know the crack wasn't un- – she said, the quote, the crack wasn't just unfunny. It literally doesn't make sense. Um, comparing the two events is, quote, apples and oranges, and, quote, it's lacking in logic and a basic connection, which I thought was kind of, like, really beyond mature of her to just, like, go after the quality of the joke not making any sense um, and them being just two different things because you could just be, like, if it, maybe if it were someone making a weird joke about my sister's murder, I'd be, like – fuck you you fucking fuck and not (laughs) go after the joke itself but also a few other people were making the point like it's a dated reference a lot of people now don't know who nicole brown simpson is kind of like the dated reference the gi jane joke like chris rock is like living in the 90s still with Mm -hmm. those references um but i just it's sort of like look you had literally almost everyone on your side aside from you know there was a whole lot of discussion around like people who justified it with Will Smith, but generally most people were on your side. You didn't have to host the awards. You could just, you could have, there were lots of jokes that you could have made about why you didn't. Um, and you went with like one that didn't make any cognitive sense. And it was also just an incredibly poor taste. Um, so anyway, we see you to, uh, Chris Rock for just, um, that shitty joke. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> why did he, I just? What an he unforced that, error. <laughs> I know. He could have used that like general setup um, for like a joke that made sense and yeah. involved someone who was like brutally murdered. Yeah. I don't know. An idea. Just an idea. The crazy one. But, crazy. <laughs> wild. Ah! <laughs> what you gonna do next? Also, oh my god, this, I'm not we seeing. Rob Schneider, because I haven't read enough, but like he's oh. being a little fucking shit, and we're gonna circle back. Oh, next. we should. Yeah, I don't know he's, what he's doing, but uh, he's being annoying. Um, yeah, I he mean, said I... he knew SNL was dead when Kate McMinnon did the Hallelujah, and there wasn't a joke at the end. Oh, remember that moment? Yeah, he went I... on, I think Glenn Beck's podcast. Oh, I saw this. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's, I guess, a mini bonus. Bonus, we see you. <laughs> um, this one is just like, oh my god, how like unself-aware, self-unaware, I don't know. Can you be these two motherfuckers um, from Rochester, New York? Uh, okay. Nicholas Nicosia and his wife Mary um, are saying, so people claim that they had this a, a racist party and they're saying that they're um cancel culture is to blame for the backlash oh um so let's (laughs) what happened Mm. one we should know that mary has a quote-unquote twitter parody account she calls it that operates under a veil of a persona and she says i have made blatantly racist comments under that persona what the culture of twitter operates that way it gives you an opportunity to be someone you're not is what she said Mm, um, not that way. So for fun, <laughs> she has a Twitter where she's racist, which like, oh my god! If you, why is that the persona you want to like be? And why is 
I don't, I don't understand. Like I understand catfish, like being like people that are conventionally attractive because they're lonely, you know, I see why people do that shit, but why do you need to go be like a racist on Twitter for, but it's not you. You're not racist. Mm. Oh my God. I think you are. Yeah. Anywho. So, um, the actual party itself. Um, (laughs) so there was a large cutout of Trump. Um, and there was a, um, it was decorated with Juneteenth flags and cups that were placed near buckets of KFC and bottles of (gasps) Hennessy cognac. Um, they said that the theme of the party was wasn't racist. It was the first annual liberal smash and splish splash pool party that what? it was being misconstrued as racist. Um, mm. Yep, yep, yep. And misconstrued how? <laughs> I know. Or and was apparent- it just construed? Sorry, was continue. it just construed? I know. And Nicholas, the the husband, said um, he's lost patients as dental practice because of this and he said and this is the quote that when i read this i was like we see you he said the only thing i hate more than racism is allegations of racism whoa okay wild him defending himself so she's defending herself by being like well my racist accounts like jokes and he's saying you know what's worse than racism calling someone a racist wow okay um and uh they apparently the person who flagged this was the one black person invited to the party oh Um, you don't say yeah yep 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 and yeah i'm not gonna uh the also the um her Twitter handle was ho ho homeboy ROC. Uh-oh. And she the image she used was the bust of a black mammy that she owns. Oh no. Yeah, nope. and I'm not gonna repeat all the like things she posted and the imagery she used because it doesn't need to be uttered. Um but uh Wow, okay. Yeah. He Awful. also said the husband also said cancel culture can be cruel as he wept. Okay. Just oh. consequences for your actions. Um, weird. Mm-hmm. That also is like a call to um, – didn't Trump – I haven't fully looked into this, but I think he posted on a true social, like, why are people so mean yesterday? Mm-hmm. And it was like Trump asking, why are people so mean? It's like you're my brain is going to explode. Meanest. You're the yeah. You're the meanest person. Yeah. Um, oh, also a flag that the, the only black person who attended this – party was made to attend so he's um a firefighter and he said his captain ordered him and the other firefighters to attend the party while they were on duty for some like some weird like connection that the chief had with the so he shows up and to this party he's forced to go to and there's these like racist tropes everywhere Um, wow fun party Fun party, but you know what's worse than racism, Maria? It's allegations Allegations. of racism. Oh my goodness, these poor sweet babies. Wow. That's just, wow, that's a pile of we see you's like one on top of the other. I know. The more I read this little, NPR did a little um, article about them, the more I was like, you guys are caricatures of yourselves. You don't even know. You don't even, they don't even know. Ugh. All right. My final we see you is like totally a personal situation happening with the Seattle Police Department (laughs) and the city of Seattle. And 
the like weird shit that's going on. Seattle's in a really weird moment. Um, you know, post pandemic, post like yeah, I'll it's, it's mostly post pandemic. I think there's just like lots of weird shit. We're a liberal city. I support most liberal policies, um, but one that I think is like turning super problematic or there's like a confluence of factors. There's way less police. A lot of them retired, a lot of them quit. Um, but we do need like police to enforce the laws on the books um or you know and we need more resources for all the mentally ill and for all the people who are needing assistance and drug rehab facilities and all of those social services that i i care deeply about but there are there are some serious issues happening <laughs> like there's a lot of like open air drug use and unfortunately there's also um I'm dealing with a situation right next door to me where my neighbors are, um, they are not on the lease. They're squatting. The man who was living next door died of a fentanyl overdose, and they are now dealing fentanyl out of, like, right next door, and it's happening all day and night, and people are just, like, jumping the fence to get into our secured building. There's an attempt at an eviction process. The police have come a couple of times. There have been 911 calls. There's been a lot of different stuff going on. But unfortunately, there are no um, enforcement mechanisms right now um, for the police to get these people out of the apartment, um, even though they don't live here. None of them are on the lease. None of them lived here when the other guy was here. Um, their mail isn't coming here. They don't have a key. They don't have fob access. And they are dealing drugs out of the building. And there have been many 911 calls. Um, and this is just like a total and utter breakdown, I think, of law. Um, I don't understand, like, I, I'm very, I'm sitting here just being like, I want there to be more resources. I want police to be able to prioritize what's important, what's not, but it does feel like there's a serious safety, there are serious safety concerns here. And like, we should either have laws and then enforce those laws or we shouldn't have law those laws. Just take take certain laws off the books. Hey, if you're squatting, you can squat forever, I guess. Or like, you know. Um, so I'm just kind of sitting here in an extremely frustrated place because I feel actively unsafe and the city of Seattle's not helping. Uh, the police aren't able to help. And like criminals are able to just like operate. And that also has to do with the fact that in Seattle they've downgraded drug use and um drug use to like a misdemeanor. So when I called my uncle to be like any other things I can do, he was like, well, when you call 911 because of a drug situation, it's basically with it being a misdemeanor, it's like calling 911 on someone speeding through your town. Like that's the priority level that they have to give it. So I'm just kind of sitting here feeling super frustrated because like, I think this is how you, this is how backlashes um, happen. Like, I think this is how you, you're not enacting liberal policies like you have to actually there has to either be like a full-throated support in terms of resources substantive resources towards liberal policy making and towards like the liberal the liberal infrastructure that you and I want what you can't do is not give anyone any resources and then you irritate the police who are like well okay well we can't really do and then you kind of there's no resources there's no infrastructure to help and then there's like public safety issues that are just like running rampant and there's like all this drug use that is just people are being emboldened and it feels like we're getting to a place where at least what I'm seeing kind of right next door to me and then like in the ensuing it feels like there are a couple of things creeping up nearby that feel like they 
they probably are directly related to what's happening right next door to me. Like you just are emboldening people to act unsafely and to, and more people are getting harmed. Like more people are dying of overdoses. Seattle had, has had over 300 overdose deaths from fentanyl this year. Um, and the, the year, like last year there was less than 300 in the whole year. So I'm sad and disappointed and personally scared. Um, but I'm also just frustrated because I feel like this is how you lose people. This is how, you know, this is how a Republican wins for, for mayor or something because all like people are going to just sit here and go, what has been happening? Like, you know, it's just, it's tough. And I think it, it just reminds me that it's really tough to, um, like the liberal world that we all want is a really tough one to make happen. And it requires money and resources. And Seattle has a lot of those things. And it just means that there's a lot of like corporate glut, I think, where they're not really like distributing resources and they get to just sit kind of with all their hoarded wealth and be like, see, it's not working. Liberal policies aren't working and everything's going to shit. And it's like, it's not working because they don't have enough money. You know, if they had the money and the resources, this wouldn't be a problem because you could fund, you could properly fund mental health and drug rehab facilities and um, places to house people temporarily, the tiny houses with the wraparound resources, 24-7 resources and homes. And um, you'd allow people with their pets, you'd allow families to be in the same place together. There are so many reasons, like there are so many ways in which it could work. There have to be resources. And we talked about defund the police. It's like, that's not what I meant. You know, I didn't mean defund. And and most people don't mean fully defund. Absolutely no police anywhere. No. A lot of, some people do mean that. A lot of liberal people do. I don't. I mean, like, I want there to be only like, I think it should be an elite, highly transparent, highly, very hard to be a police officer, like honorable profession where you are given a lot of power and responsibility and you have to maintain such a high standard of behavior and to be someone who's in who's enforcing laws and like that should be a really hard job you should be held to the highest higher than other (laughs) higher than everyone else standards if you're going to be a police officer and if there's any bad behavior you should be the first one calling those people out and kicking them out (laughs) you know um anyway so I'm just sort of like just bummed on kind of a global scale because it feels like (sighs) people will see it as a failure of liberal policy. Really, it's just a failure of like resources and money. And in the meantime, people are, people are hurting. Nothing, this is not a solution. Like what's happening in Seattle is not, nothing is being solved and people are just hurting and getting frustrated and it's, it's, it's getting really bad. And like, so just like we see you to the city of Seattle, to the rich people hoarding wealth in the city and being like, well, it's, you said you wanted liberal and it's not working. Like fucking, we see you to you fucks like you're hoarding your wealth and and we do see you it's not just the city it's it's like it's the people who are sitting in their like high rises just like like sniffing at everyone else um and yeah so anyway it's a whole rant but like it's a bummer <laughs> we see you <laughs> yeah and i don't understand why dealers are cutting drugs with fentanyl when it's like known that fentanyl overdoses are are very much a thing and that it you're significantly more likely to overdose when you mix fentanyl in with most other drugs. And like, why are you killing your customer base? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we need, we need access to things and it's, you know, they'll say they're a little liberal city. And then it's like, Oh, let's break up these encampments, but not have any housing for them. So then there'll just be other encampments and it's like cheaper to actually 
you know, provide free housing to people who are experiencing homelessness than it is to break up encampments all the time. Um, Well, the encampment issue is like also, I mean, that one too, there's one shockingly right across the street from us. Um, And they all had like those people, um, according to our building manager, who's a delight, um, said that the most recent like attempts of people to sort of house them, they've all refused housing or everyone in that area. And there are like reasons that I understand, like I totally understand why they, they don't, they feel unsafe in the shelters. That's a huge fucking problem that someone would say, I feel more, more safe on the street than in a shelter or they can't bring their pet or they can't bring their spouse. That's, those are, these are solvable problems. (laughs) Like that's the thing, like housing where people can actually go. Like places where they have like these little individual little, like almost like trailers, but um, that people can go in and they can go in there with their pets and there's no one else in there. So you're not worried that someone's going to attack you because, you know, women at shelters get sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. Um, the men and women at shelters get robbed, like, and yeah, they, they aren't allowed to, to often bring pets and things like that. So it's not, it's not just offering them, Hey, you can go to this place. It's like Mm -hmm. actually having a place where they can go and programs, um, to help them get clean if they want to, if they are using. And also like, you know, why are so many people using drugs? I mean, addiction is a disease, but what is, you know, what, what's the catalyst? And it's, you know, you look at how much housing prices have gone up in Seattle mm-hmm. and um, who can, you know, afford to live there, especially like my home there, live somewhere, you know, when you look at the average rent for a three bedroom or two bedroom, it's like, it's bonkers. Um, yeah, it's an issue that has so many little tentacles. And I also do think that I don't think drug use should be a felony because then, you know, we see who gets incarcerated and what happens down the line with that. But at the same time, there's a difference between using drugs and creating safety risks by like leaving entrances open to private buildings where people live and you know, like there there needs I wish there could just be some sort of common sense fucking solution where yeah. people are provided resources they need and no one has to feel unsafe. That'd be great. Yeah, it's like I mean, drug use versus drug dealing, you know, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, being like there's like a whole criminal enterprise happening next door and you're telling me you're telling me basically like you're not gonna you don't have the resources, don't look at it. And meanwhile I'm have like twenty five videos of the same like creepy fucking fucks like handing things through the fence to cars and you know, it's just like okay, well well <laughs> Yeah. It's not like it's not what you wanna not what you wanna deal with. Not where you right. wanna live. No, and you want like I mean, people will be like, it's it's way too expensive to live in Seattle, and I can understand why people are like, well, it's so expensive, but like if we're paying the money to be here, you know, and then there's like people who aren't paying and they're just dealing drugs next door, you're like, okay, what's the fucking, what's going on here? What's okay. going on? Well, my <laughs> friends just moved to Issaquah. <laughs> hey, I'm considering it. I'm looking at stuff. It's just like. This is not – they're not getting evicted anytime soon. They know it. They've been, like, laughing about it. I heard them. They're like, they're monsters. Um, anyway, fun. Fun, fun, fun. Fun times in the neighborhood. Good thing, Mark. I don't have one. <laughs> I don't have one. Oh, shoot. We both don't we have both one. We both failed on the – I, I um, wasn't sure. Okay, Let's... to encourage fans to vote, the NBA announced it will have no games on Election Day. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah. That. Oh no! This is. A, oh. Why do I check? Why do I check Twitter for good things? And of course, I'm only going to see bad things. Miguel Sapochnik, who's like the co-showrunner for House of the Dragon and who directed some of the best episodes of Game of Thrones, is leaving for season two. Why? Anyway, <sighs> we're doing a good thing. Yay, voting. Voting. Let people vote. Vote. And everyone should be able to have the day off. I mean, except for, I guess, certain, you know, medical providers and things like that. But yeah. But have a rotating way for yeah. the medical providers to also vote. Yeah. Come on, people. We sent someone. Wait, someone. But, like, we landed something successfully on Mars. I feel like we can do better than what we're doing here in the Dark Ages on Earth. <laughs> like, Yeah. you would. One would hope. <sighs> well. <laughs> <laughs> that last we see you really drained me. <laughs> Let's see. All right. Well, I think that probably does it for us. Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>